Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Would you please turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 14, Isaiah 14, and I will begin in verse 12, Isaiah 14 and verse 12. Again, what an honor it is to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Thank you for being at Bible study. Amen. Able to be in the house of the Lord early this morning to hear the word of God. Amen. To learn and to grow. Isaiah 14, I'm going to begin in verse 12. When you have it, just say, I got it. Listen to the words here. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? How did you get here? How? Which didst weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Amen. This morning, if you allow me just a few moments, I want to talk to you about the five eyes. The five eyes. Can we pray together? Lord, we love you so much, and we're thankful for your presence and your power. We're thankful for your word that you have laid out so clearly for us and I pray now that you will let us not only be hearers of the word but doers of the word also and we'll be so careful to give you the praise, the glory and honor and someone shout in Jesus name Amen you may be seated in the presence of God thank you again for being at Bible study this morning Amen well ladies a little bit of foundation here today talk about a little bit of a uh, little backstory here on Lucifer uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with who Lucifer is, we know him today as Satan or Beelzebub, Slewfoot, uh, him who roars like a lion, like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. And we know that the Bible is clear that he is the father of lies and the accuser of the brethren. Uh, you know, his, his modus operandi is to lie and accuse. And a lot of his uh, accusings are lies in themselves. He's a liar. He can't help but lie, and he is an accuser. This is who he is. But he didn't always have that, that personality or that character. He, didn't always, he wasn't always that person. See, we know from the Scripture that there are three archangels in heaven. There were three archangels in heaven, Gabriel and Michael and Lucifer. Gabriel being the messenger angel, Michael being the war angel, and Lucifer was the angel of worship. Uh, Lucifer actually means in the Bible, if you look up the word, you will see that it has these meanings, these connotations. Light bearer. He was the bearer of light. He was not the light. He bore the light. Let me say that again. 
He was not the light. He carried the light. His name means to shine. His, man, his name, Lucifer, means to praise or to boast. It was his job to be the worship leader in heaven, as it were. Now, we have really no biblical connection to actually where this is. We, we, our, God, our Father who art in heaven, that, that's what we know, that he's in heaven. He's somewhere in heaven. And we don't really know what that is. This is not uh, the great white throne judgment. This is not uh, New Jerusalem, streets of gold, gates of pearl. This is not where Jesus or God is at at this time. He is in the heavens. Uh, the Bible will call it the tabernacle not made with hands. Hebrews will show us a little glimpse of where God is at this moment. But it's not, there's no particular location. We don't, we don't know. I don't think you can take a, I don't think you could take a, uh, a SpaceX rocket there. I don't think Elon Musk could get you there or Jeff Bezos or NASA. Uh, it's, it's not a place made with hands. Not, and that's, it's not something tangible. But, but in this place, these three archangels must have had and must still have the ability of cognitive thought, meaning they had the ability to think and to reason beyond what most angels have. Because the Bible is clear that Lucifer had his own thoughts and his own desire and his own will. What, what is, what is uh, a great contrast to look up and to study is the contrast between the word Lucifer and the word Satan, who we know him by today. Light bearer, shiner, praiser, and boaster into enemy, opponent adversary, attacker, and resistor. This is how Lucifer becomes God's enemy. How God's praise and worship leader becomes the enemy of God and God's people. We have a question in Isaiah in our reading this morning. We have a question. And, and, the, and the, the, the prophet is writing the question, and his question is, how did you fall? How did you get cut down to the ground? What was the process? What took you from being the bearer of light, the praiser and boaster of heaven, what took you from that to the ground? What took you out of heaven? How, how are you fallen? How have you been cut down? How did you weaken the nations? And then in verse 13 of that same scripture, he will give us enlightenment into what was in Lucifer's heart. What was in his, what was in his mind, right? Because we know the heart doesn't think. The heart uh, pumps blood throughout the body. But the, the, the brain is, is, is like the heart because it pushes thought throughout the body. So what was he thinking? You have said in your heart, so we know he's talking about his thinking, as a man thinketh, so is he. Here's, here's what he thought. He thought this. He thought five eyes. 
The first I will, is I will ascend into heaven. I will ascend into heaven. I will lift myself up. I will ascend into heaven. His second I was, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. His third I is, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. His fourth eye is, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And his fifth eye was, I will be like the Most High. Five times he thought, I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. We have to be very careful when we start using the I word too much. See, we live in a society today, we live in a culture today that promotes I, me, selfishness. We live in a very selfish world today where the focus of many is on themselves and on nobody else. They don't care how you feel. They don't care how you think. They don't care how you believe. They don't, they don't care anything about you. It's all about them. We have centered our society around these five eyes. The eyes of Satan are on the world. And when I mean the eyes of Satan are on our world, I don't mean his eyeballs. I mean his eyes. The eyes that he said are the eyes that we see in our society today. That I will ascend above the heaven. That I am God. I am God. Here's what's scary: is the concept of I is not longer is no longer just in the culture of the world, but the concept of I has found its way into the church. If if, if you're a, a a student of church culture, uh, which I am, you can follow the church culture all the way back from the 17 to 1600s in the shift and the great awakening and the renaissance, all the way up to Pentecost in, in the early 1900s, and all across the shift of the charismatic movement into Pentecostalism and into revivalism, if you follow it, you, you will see that, that religion is continually pushing us to believe that we are God. That's what religion is doing. If you're, you can go watch, just go pull up any, major, just pull up any major mainstream preacher today in, in society, mainstream preacher today, and watch maybe five to six of their messages, and you will hear a cognitive and complete thought that you are in control, that you can do it, that you have the power. You're a little G God. You are. You, you can think your way out of problems, and you can think your way into problems. You can think and grow rich. You can, you can think and, and be saved. It, all you have to do is believe. That's just thinking. You can, you can think. You have the power. It's, it's subtle. It's subtle, but it's not biblical. And the subtlety is disappearing. 
the subtlety of that concept is disappearing. We, 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 we've seen it grow throughout. We, we, we've watched it grow throughout the church world. We, what, what we consider church today, a, a church building and seats and, and music and, and all this stuff, what, what we really consider church is, 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 is really very new. This is not really old, old, old. We, we, we've come a long way from temples and synagogues that, that did not operate in the way that we operate today. There was no seats in the temple. You stood or you sat on the floor, but you did not, there was no seats. There was no way to sit, nowhere to sit in the synagogue, no way to sit in the temple. There, there, in, in, in Solomon's temple, there were 13 gates in Solomon's temple, uh, 12 gates for people, one gate for animals. And, but there was no seats in the entire place. The only seat in the place was the mercy seat. The only person who was able to sit was God himself. What, what, what we consider today as church is, is more cultural than it is biblical. And the things that we do in church, uh, we, we have biblical connotation for. We sing, we worship, we preach, we, we, we expound upon the word. All those things happened in the temple. All those things happened in the synagogue. They happened much differently than what we are doing today. But we have a, sim, a symbol and a semblance of that. However, the, the concept has changed drastically from we are gods. And it's, it's, coming to, it's, it's come to that from the place of we need God. That I by myself can do no thing. I have no power. That God has all the power. And the only power that I have is giving my power to him. Turning over myself to the Lord. We, we have trapped ourselves by believing that we could change ourselves. Listen, I'm a self-help guru. I listen to books. I listen to podcasts all the time. I'm always feeding my mind with how to be better, how to get better, and how to do better. And here's the problem with all of that, even in myself, that I see over, for, after years of doing this. What I see is, is that I have no ability to do it on my own. I cannot ascend into the heavens. I cannot sit upon the mount of the congregation. I cannot ascend above the heights that God is. And I am not like the Most High. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. The Bible says as far as the earth is from the heavens... That's a, that's a pretty good ways. And my job is to be the most I can be like Jesus. And Jesus said, nothing that I do, do I do of myself. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said this, anything you see me doing, it's not me. It's my father that's in me. He said, I, I have no power in it of myself. This is what Jesus said. We don't really read these scriptures sometimes because 
uh, we are oneness and we're terrified to read anything that would mess with our oneness doctrine. We're so oneness that we forget that Timothy said that there is one God and one man who is the mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus, that he was flesh and blood. And we're, we're terrified to read these little scriptures like this, but it's okay, I'm still oneness. Calm down. I'm just biblical about it and not cultural about it. Okay? So Jesus says, if you see me doing something, it's not me, it's my Father that's in me. He said, he said I have no power of myself. That's what Jesus said. I have no power of myself, but my power is from my Father. You see, Jesus was always giving glory to the Father, while Satan is always trying to take glory to himself. Here's what I'm preaching today. I'm preaching that it is possible to go from a worshiper to an enemy. The worshiper of God is I'm the light bearer. I'm not the light. It's not me. It's nothing I do, not my talent, not my ability, not my skill, not my energy. It's not me. I'm a light bearer. But I'm not the light. We, the greatest example of this in the New Testament is John the Baptist, who most of his ministry, most of his ministry kept saying, I'm not him. <laughs> most of John's ministry was to tell people, I'm not him. I, I come to prepare the way, but I'm not him. Over and over and over and over again. Most of his ministry was to deflect energy off of him onto him who was to come. I'm not him. I'm not him. John the Baptist, who was the greatest evangelist that the world has ever known, kept telling the world, I'm not him. I'm not him. It's not me. It, I'm not him. I'm not him. I'm not him. Until they finally heard him say, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And Jesus step, steps down into the river with him, and he says, baptize me. And John the Baptist says, uh, honestly, you should be baptizing me, not baptizing you. And watch Jesus, who doesn't receive it, but deflects it as well. And he says, it behooves us to fulfill all righteousness. You catch it? That even Jesus is subject to the word. See, if I'm going to be like Jesus, I have to be obedient to the word. If I'm going to be like Jesus, I have to always deflect and say, it's not me who does this, but my father who's working through me. I'm just a vessel. I'm a vessel. I'm not the wine. Oh, hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm just a funnel, but, but I'm not the substance that's flowing through the funnel. God, God is using me, but, but, but mops get used. R rags get used. Your righteousness is like filthy rags. And it's easy for us in 2021 to become so focused on us that we will somehow take on the five eyes and say, I will ascend, I will, I will raise up, I will, I will go up. Everything that, that Satan is saying is up. It's up, isn't it? I mean, all five eyes, almost every five eyes have some connotation of up. I will be like the most... High, I will send into the clouds in the sides of the north. I will ascend. I will exalt above. 
Sounds good. It's all up. It's up. Be, be careful of, of people who are always trying to put you up. Be, be careful of, of, of feelings and emotions that always want to elevate you. This is why most of us gossip, brag, bully, tear down, and speak negatively of other people because it pushes us up. When somebody brings up someone's name, the first thing you have to say about them is something negative. It's because you desire to be up and they, they're down. That's the spirit of Satan. That's the spirit of Lucifer. It's the desire to always be up. I can't always be up. I can't always shine. I can't always be the guy. I can't. If I, if I try to live my way, if I try to live my life in a way where the only time I'm happy is when I'm up, and, and, and the only time I'm available is when I'm up, and the only time I can come to this pulpit and preach is when I'm up, and the only time I can minister is when I'm up, hey, anybody want to talk back to the preacher today? The, the, the only time I worship is when I'm up. You won't see me up front worshiping unless I'm up. When, when I get the mic, I'll do something when I'm up. When, when I get up here, oh, you're going to see it. Now, don't expect to see no kind of Jesus from me out there. But when I'm up, that's Lucifer who said in his heart, I will ascend. It's about me. I'm, I, I'm becoming the light, and, and I'm not carrying the light anymore. I want to be the light. I'm always careful of, of, of ministers and ministries that are nowhere to be found when they're not up. I'm careful of people of power who can't support anybody else or celebrate anybody else unless they're up. Who can't say, man, that was good, that sounded good, that looked good, man, you are good. People who can't celebrate, only when they're up can they give that kind of effort. People, people who, who, who cannot for one moment agree on anything unless it's something that brings them up. We see it in Matthew 4. The Bible says that Jesus was led up of the Spirit. Watch what happens when you get led up to be tempted. Put it on the screen for me, uh, Brother Kingston. Uh, Matthew 4, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. I want, to, I, I, I want to show you this in the scripture. Matthew 4, verse 1. Can you put that up for me real quick? Matthew chapter 4 and verse 1. Watch what it says. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Here's, here's what you have to know about up is temptation is always in the up. So I thought the devil tempted me when I was down. I thought the devil always tempted me when I was down. I thought, I thought that down was the place that I was always tempted at. No, you get tempted down and up. There is no location that's free of temptation. 
Because when you're down, the devil wants to talk to you. He wants to say, hey, man, make this in the, make this in the bread. You can do this. I, I, come on. I know, I know you're down, and, and so you feel. But, but trust me, when you're up as well as when the devil starts saying, man, you're you, you really good. <laughs> There's temptation in up and down. And if the devil can't tempt you when you're down, he'll tempt you when you're up. He'll use success like a drug. He'll, he'll, he'll put success in a needle. And you'll have it in your arm all the time. And you can't live without success. If you fail even a little bit, you're ready to take your own life. If you feel like you haven't done anything right, you're, you're, you're ready to walk off the cliff. Because you're so addicted to winning. You're so addicted to up. Here's what he said. He said that he was led up to be tempted. And he fasted 40 days, 40 nights. We know the story. And, and the tempter came when he was hungry. And, and he said, he said, hey, you know, make these stones into bread. And, and he, we know Jesus said that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Watch verse 5 in Matthew chapter 4, verse 5. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city. Devil's taking him up. He, he tempted him when he was down, said, hey, won't you, make, won't you feed your belly? You know, I'll, I'll tempt you with, with your natural uh, desire for food. So he tempted him there, and he, and, and he had a scripture. He said, man, should not live by bread alone. I'm not going I'm, I'm to abuse my power to feed my belly because my, my purpose is greater than my hunger. And, and so when the devil couldn't attempt him with his, with his belly, he, he starts uh, uh, attacking his ego, and he brings him up to a holy city. Look at, look at, and setteth him upon a pinnacle of the temple. He takes him to Jerusalem, and he puts him on top of the, of the temple. And he says, cast, if you be the son of God, if you are who you say you are, cast yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up. Let's say, at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against, against a stone. You see that? Here is the devil using Jesus' tactic, and he's quoting scripture. Everybody who quotes scripture ain't right. Just because you know Bible don't mean you saved. The devil knows scripture too. James said it like this, thou believest in one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe, but they tremble. You're not special. The enemy starts quoting scripture, and he says, I want you to cast yourself down. You're, here you are, you're in Jerusalem, and you say you're the son of God. So throw yourself down and let everybody see you fall from this pinnacle and fall and hit the ground and die, and then raise yourself up. And prove to them, I, I am who I said I am. I'm, I'm, he, he's, a, he's appealing to, to his ego. Yeah, I'm taking you up, man. I, I brought you up here. Look, at you, look I, I put you over all this. And you can, here's the opportunity to show them you are who you say you are. Cast yourself down. I mean, because, I mean, the Bible, the Bible said, we got to be careful when people start trying to twist the Bible to fit your ego. This is the prosperity doctrine. When preachers get up and they twist the scripture to make you believe that if you give $100, God's going to pay all your bills next week. 
It's a, it's a twisting of the scripture. It's, and it feels right because they quote in scripture. It, it feels right. See, but you got to be careful. You got to be careful. You need to use all of your abilities. Because God gave us five senses for the five eyes. Because it might feel right, but does it sound right? It might sound right, but does it smell right? It might smell right, but does it look right? Oh, anybody want to talk back to me? It may smell, but does it taste right? God gave us five senses to be able to pick up on these things. Because sometimes it feels like God, but it don't sound like God. See, I've been in church services where I was like, man, this feels, this feel, this feels good. But then I heard people preaching and speaking, and I'm like, that's not, that ain't right. That man ain't preaching the right word. Right? It, it can happen. It can happen. You, you feel like Esau, but, 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 but you sound like Jacob. Yeah, yeah. You can be fooled by what you feel. Oh, yeah. And Esau smelled them beans. And they were so, they smelled so good. He said, man, I give you, I mean, I, you know what? I give you my birthright for some bushes baked beans. Because it smelled good. He, he didn't even taste them. He just smelled them. You see, you got to be able to feel in these moments that, you know what, I'm up, but the enemy is using this to tempt me. He's wanting me to think like he thinks. I will ascend. I will become. I will lift myself up. He wants me to become the enemy of God, hiding behind the pretenses that I am. Yeah. And, and, and the last one, and I'm almost finished today, and the last one is he says, he said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And in verse 8, the Bible says again, in verse 8 of chapter 4 of Matthew, he says, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Now he's not just appealing to his ego. Now he's appealing to his, his, his God. He's appealing to the deity complex. You see, we all have a deity complex. Every one of us have a deity complex because we were made in God's image. We're made in his image, and so we all have God emotions. Can I, can I give you some God emotions? Anger. Anger is a God emotion. That, that, that emotion comes from God. Read that Old Testament. He was angry a lot. That's his emotion. I, you, you're not angry because your daddy's daddy's daddy was angry. You're angry because God made you to become angry. But here's the deal. That's a God emotion and you're not a God. You have to be able to let that God emotion be handled by God. Only God can handle that emotion. You can't handle anger. If you try to live with anger, it'll turn into wrath, and you'll do something that you regret. 
You'll say something you regret. You'll hurt people you didn't mean to hurt. Because anger, you can't handle anger. There ain't a human in this room that can handle anger. That's why God said, be angry, but sin not. You, you can't, you can't, there ain't nobody in here right now that can say, oh, I've conquered anger. <laughs> I'll never get angry again. I prayed twice and the Lord delivered me from it. No one can make me angry. Okay. Can I drive with you in Atlanta for about 30 minutes? And let's test this theory of the man who has no anger. And the first person to cut you off, come on now. Anybody want to talk back to the preacher today? We all have the emotion of anger, but if you don't check anger at the door, anger will win that battle because you're not God. You can't handle it. It's a God emotion. We, we, we get that from God. Watch this. You know what another God emotion is? Jealousy. That's God's emotion. Matter of fact, in the Old Testament, he told him, he said, if the people want a name for me, you tell them my name is Jealous. Read it for yourself. It's in the Bible. That's what he said. He said, you tell him I'm jealous. That's my name. Call me jealous. We, ain't got, we, we don't sing no songs about that, do we? Oh, he's a jealous God. Jealous of your time. Jealous of your praise. That's a God emotion. Jealousy is a God emotion. However, if you try to take jealousy and let it fester in your human self, you, you get in trouble because you can't handle jealousy. That's a God emotion. You weren't designed to handle it. It'll take you places you thought you'd never go. It'll make you do things you thought you'd never do. Because jealousy, even though you have it, you can't, you can't control that. Love and intimacy and what we call lust and the desire to procreate, that's a God emotion. God put that. He put that in Adam and Eve in the very beginning. He said, be fruitful and multiply. What, he, did he, he wasn't telling them to go to math class. He wasn't giving them a calculator and saying, y'all go, y'all go multiply. He, he, didn't give, he, he didn't give them an abacus. Some of y'all don't know what abacus is, and I, it, it shows. He meant go reproduce, and that's a God emotion. And if you don't check that emotion with God, it'll get you in trouble. You'll be watching stuff you shouldn't be watching, touching stuff you shouldn't be touching. Anybody want to talk back and preach on Sunday morning? That's a God emotion. You got to put that thing in the right place. You got to take that emotion and put it in the right place, because if you don't, it'll kill you. That comes from God. And Satan was appealing to the God emotion because the desire to rule and the, the desire for power and the desire for worship is also a God emotion. The desire to lead, the desire to be in charge, the desire to, for, for me to be the center of attention is also a God emotion. He demands worship. He demands praise. It's not an option. He's not asking us. He's telling us. It's a command. And that is a God emotion. And if we're not careful, we will take that God emotion 
and we'll put it in the wrong place and it'll get us in trouble. We all know stories and we all know people and we all know organizations and we can all tell a story of someone we know that let power go to their head. If you have flown in the last 10 years, TSA has taken an inch and made it a mile. These folks probably couldn't get a job nowhere else. God bless them. I love them. They do a great job. Thank you so much, TSA. I'm not down to you. I'm just saying there's some folks on your team that when you give them that blue shirt and that badge, they took it to heart. They are in it to win it. And if you got a 3.5 ounce thing of toothpaste, they throwing it away. You know, it got to be three. Come on, bro. It's a bottle of cologne, man. I know, but it says 3.5 ounces, and we can only accept three ounces. You got to put that in a Ziploc bag, or you can just throw it away. And that's fifty dollar bottle. Of yes, sir. Well, you better throw it away. You, you, you can ship it. You can check it. Yeah, how I look checking a bottle of Brute 33. Y'all know nothing about no Brute 33. Y'all too young for all that. But some of y'all in this room, when I said it, you smelled it. When I said it, you was like. Ah, yes, yes. We all know somebody who got a little bit of power and went bananas with it. Because power is a God emotion, and if you don't put that power in the right place and say it's not me, but it's you, it'll catch us all in trouble. Because it's a God emotion, and Satan is appealing to the God emotion in Jesus. And he says, I'll give you all of this. Watch this. If you will bow down and worship me. There's always a down in the up. He took him up. He took him up. And his last question was, would you bow down? There's always a down in the up. But Jesus says unto him, get thee thence, Satan. Get thee, get thee behind me. For it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. You see it? He's giving that emotion back to the proper one. He's taking that, that power, that authority that the enemy is wanting to put on him if he'll bow down and worship him. And he says, no, I give it to the Lord. Let me, let, 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 let me show you this. The only way that you can take on all of that authority, the only way that you can take on all of that glory is to bow before the enemy. He says, you shall worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. I will remind you today that the Lord is very clear that he will not share his glory with nobody. There's not a human on this planet that the Lord is willing to co-share his glory with. So I'll remind myself very often that if I'm getting all the glory and I'm taking all the glory, God's nowhere near me. That if that if I will pose for the picture and I will take all the glory, then oh, I know something for sure that God ain't here. God's not here because he won't share that with me. But he'll let me take it. 
God will let you have your way. You know that? The glory of God is the ultimate issue here. God will let you have your way. And you can take the glory if you want it. But you have to understand that if you take the glory, God will not be involved in that. He doesn't share. It's not that he won't let you get glory. You can get it. Take it. You can have it. He's not going to share it with you. You can have the glory. Yeah, take it. Say it was you. Take it. But, but I'm not going to be in that. I'm not going to be involved in that. I'll let you have all that by yourself. And that's a scary place to be. God wants all the glory. We have to continually die to ourselves. Yeah. Because the devil's opinion of us is the same opinion that he had of Job. The only reason he loves you is because of all that stuff you give him. Have you considered my servant Job? Yeah, but you, you, he, you spoil him rotten. Only reason, only reason Job even loves you is because you give him stuff and you take care of him and he's got all that, all that nice stuff. And you know what, God, if you took that nice stuff from him, he, he'd probably curse you. That's, that, that's the devil's opinion of you. That the only reason that you love God is because of what God gives you. And, and if God was to stop giving you stuff, you'd, you'd quit coming to church. Be, because Satan can't imagine anybody loving God unselfishly because he's so selfish. He's a selfish person. He can't imagine people just loving God to love God. In his mind, you, you, there has to be some, some gimmick. Some game. But when you show up and you're broke, the devil, he, 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 he's mind blown. When, when you show up and your family's in turmoil and, and your marriage is on the rocks, but you show up anyway and you're worshiping on the front row, the devil's like, I just don't get it. When you got no money in the bank and your whole world's turned upside down and you're lifting your hands and you're singing along, freedom, and you're singing worship and victory, and, you're, and the devil's like, I don't get that. That's why, that's why the scripture told us, he said, let the weak say. Let the weak say, I am strong. I am strong because he is strong. That the only time, watch this, the only time God gives us the authority to say we're strong is when we know we're weak. If I'm strong and I say I'm strong, I don't have that right. <laughs> I don't have the right to brag about how, how good and how tough I am. I don't, I don't have that right. The only time I get to say I'm, I'm tough is when I know I'm weak. The only time I get, I get the opportunity I, that I have the right to say I am strong is when I know that I'm weak. And when I'm saying I'm strong, I'm really just giving God the glory because I know he's for me. And if he's for me, who can be against me? Would you stand to your feet all over the room? I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, Please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.